0: I was going to open with, every time FP shows up, I just start chanting, skeet, skeet, skeet. Is that awkward if I, if I open with that? Too late. <laughs> Welcome to the Crooked Table podcast, where we discuss the world of the film from a fresh angle. And now your host, Robert Yanis Jr. Welcome to the Crooked Table podcast. This is Rob.
1: And this is Kai.
0: On this episode, we're taking what I'm calling a crooked detour, uh, and we're heading over to Riverdale. So, what I, my whole idea with this is, yes, crooked table is the world of film from a fresh angle. But occasionally, maybe I don't want to talk about film. Maybe I want to talk about something else in pop culture. I want to talk about TV or music or you know literature or videos or you know videos by videos. I mean YouTube, YouTube because they're all videos, obviously. Uh, Or internet or something else relating to pop culture So with this episode I thought, you know, Riverdale seasons 1 and 2 are both streaming on Netflix And we recently uh, got into a heavy binge situation with the show Um, So we're going to be talking about full seasons 1 and 2, so spoilers ahead So if you have any interest in Riverdale and haven't watched the show I think we would both recommend you check it out um, but that's basically this the philosophy behind a crooked detour. You might see on the uh, the thumbnail image that we're sort of branding it with, um, you know, this episode with that tagline, so to speak. So Riverdale, Kai, we're talking about Riverdale. Are you excited?
1: I am excited.
0: We were, we've we been talking about Riverdale a lot lately, since we just finished season two a few days ago. So I guess to start with, what I think it would make sense to kind of like just scene setting... What is our 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 connection with Archie Comics? I guess uh, individually, before pre Riverdale, obviously.
1: Well, when you said about we just finished it a couple days ago, um, just so you know, it actually only Riverdale just dropped on Netflix only about a week ago, a little over a week ago now, and there's 22 episodes in the second season. And we have
0: a toddler, so we did not watch much during the week. Yes,
1: so that basically meant we may have watched more than four episodes. At, at some points. Yeah. To finish. Yeah. Anyway, um, so my connection with Archie Comics is when I was a little girl, um, me and my sister read Archie Comics. That was actually the only comic books that we read, and uh, we loved them. And Archie Comics is the, I guess, the comic strip that, the comic book that taught me how to read, I guess. Um, read read to myself, because I read out loud, and sister would say, can you read to yourself? And, um... And so I, we just, we loved Archie comics, and my sister and I even drew, like pr- tried to draw, draw our own Archie comic um, when I was about nine years old, I'd say. And so I, so that's my connection with Archie. I grew up with it.
0: Right. So you had sort of, you're your bringing your, that vision of the characters to this, and uh, to this version, right? Right. Yeah, and see, I, as a, as a I guess, stereotypical white straight male always saw those uh like cash registers in the grocery store and be like that looks so lame and then just walked right past it and went to the magazine section to flip through like mad magazine and crack before it was a website and it was just a magazine um so i always i thought it was kind of ridiculous and childish and i never had any interest in that and it's interesting that you're saying like archie comics is my jam and i wonder how that enters into the Marvel-DC rivalry. Like, Are you like... Is Archie Comics, like the third party? Be like, we're, we're over here doing our own thing. Oh, I don't know. With Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I don't know. I can't speak to that. that.
1: I, have to, I would have to talk to my other... The other people I know are at Archie Comics, which, other than my sister, nobody I know.
0: Yeah, nobody. But they still sell them for, I'm assuming, for decades. They've been in, like, grocery stores. Yeah, and they're like,
1: expensive, too. Like, $6. Dollars, or whatever. And we had like, stacks of them.
0: And they've revamped it several times. Yeah. Like, you even see at the end of the show... The, the, the archie comics logo it's like old school archie and then it's like the more modern archie that looks you know still got the red hair but like looks like a normal person not like a cartoon like oh gosh jughead or whatever gee willikers betty or whatever they i don't know what they how that's they talk close to what they say Is they the comics, i'm assuming yeah um and of course they have the riverdale you know the riverdale prequel comics or whatever that's sort of i guess tie into this first season of the series. So that was what I, I came to Archie Comics. I had basically no relationship with Archie Comics except thinking they were kind of ridiculous and silly, and having pretty much no interest in it. So I guess the question then is, how, how did we? How did how did this happen? Like when Riverdale premiered, did you have any interest in it, or because I remember you heard about the the because basically, like I said, full spoilers for this episode. Basically, the first what four or five episodes maybe three or like three to five episodes center kind of heavily on Archie's having a relationship with one of his teachers yes his music teacher who in the comic books is this elderly lady and here she's like this like uh you know I don't know 30 something like with her hair tied back and glasses like sultry type uh bookish sultry I guess
1: well actually I didn't know anything about that part of it it wasn't until we watched one of your favorite film reviewers who watched the first episode of Riverdale that he even said.
0: you talking if, about um, Black Nerd Guy? Yeah. By, uh, and he said
1: that Archie had an affair with Miss Grundy. And I'm like, wait, what? The old Harold and style? The old lady, and and lady from the comic books? And they were doing the shoes. And I'm like, I don't. At first, I think I could have gotten behind the show. But once I heard about that, I was like, okay, I really don't want to watch this now. Because well, that is taking my care. Like, the love of Archie's and it just... just Contorting it, I don't know. So
0: there was nothing about there were the the central premise of taking Archie Comics characters and building basically. I mean, let's be honest, a teen soap opera. And I think
1: that's the other reason I don't want to watch it. I didn't want to. Wa- I had no interest in watching a teen soap opera. I haven't ever really watched those shows. Yeah, well, I didn't I mean, watch One Tree Hill. I didn't watch Gossip Girl. We Pro grew or up or... in
0: the the era where Dawson's Creek was. And Dawson's the thing Creek when we started we in high after The
1: fourth season, I stopped watching that yeah. show too. It was just, but
0: I never it's... watched any of that. Yeah. I didn't watch 90210 or.
1: Okay, I did watch yeah, okay. that. Okay, you're
0: like I haven't watched it like ever, and then you're well, like, well, but, this and this. And I this was also and
1: seven, and seven is a lot different than fourteen. Right. And I, I was I was watching with with girls who were older than me. Right. So it was kind well, of. That's but that's why I guess I'm relating to,
0: to listeners that I Oh yeah. I'm relating to mm-hmm. listeners that like Dawson's Creek was like basically the Riverdale of our high school years. Like because people in high school now. I'm assuming some of them are watching Riverdale. And during our high school experience, Dawson's Creek was like that show or yeah. like right. the teen soap situation, right. small town and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, so I, I was sort of not really interested at all based on, like I said, my connection to Archie Comics. And then over the course of season one, especially like, I guess between seasons one and two is where everybody started like talking about, oh my God, Riverdale is so much fun, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, really? <laughs> Why? Why do people called, keep talking about this and they're like saying it's, like, it's basically a guilty pleasure show. And, and I can see that a little bit now, especially, you know, I've said this to you recently, we're two mid 30 somethings watching a show about teenagers being like, Oh my God, I hope this all works out for Archie and, and Veronica or whatever. And meanwhile, we're closer in age to the parents on the show than the teenagers that are like the main characters. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess we are closer in age, so depend not, But not the actors. We're, <laughs> no. we're closer in age to the actors on the show, because they're all, like, late, mid to late 20s somethings playing, like, 16 or whatever. Right. Um, so, I, you know, it's really the buzz, and, you know, I follow a lot of, you know, entertainment writers on Twitter, So I, you know, and watch YouTube, as you mentioned. So, I, kind of the buzz of that made me curious about it, and season one was already on Netflix, so basically what happened, I think this was what, March, February, March, I think.
1: Yeah, probably early March.
0: Like early March, we were it was Saturday night and we were watching, we we're getting ready for SNL to start up and we're going to watch that. And we were like, all right, let's just see what's on Netflix randomly. And then and I had it in my queue. Yeah, you like dared me.
1: or something I about. had it
0: in my queue and I was sort of flirting with the idea of, do I want to watch Riverdale? Well, what, do I want to ha- get well, involved you, in that?
1: You, you asked me, you said, okay, guy, what, just pick out a show. Yeah, yeah. Well, I one episode to that, yeah. for us to watch.
0: And like, I had it in my queue, and I was like, yeah. pick something in my queue, and, like a TV show or whatever. Yeah,
1: and I said, right. okay, Riverdale. And you know. were like, oh, and you know, I need no Netflix. They have so many shows to choose from that right. I, I could have chosen anything. And as
0: a movie person, I'm vastly behind on a lot, a lot of shows, even ones that I want to watch. Um, so, yeah, so then we watched one of those, and then we were like, all right, let's watch the cold open, a little bit of SNL, and then fuck that, go back to, back to Riverdale. And I think the first night we watched it, what?
1: We were up until three
0: did we watch four episodes or something i think so That sounds four about or right. five yeah that sounds yeah. about right
1: and they only had 13 episodes of our season right so and we'll talk about
0: that when we get more into the that part of it into it didn't take the, that long to finish that part of it yeah that we finished over god oh my god did we finish it like I monday finish, night
1: uh, yeah, yeah so
0: we watched yeah like four four or five episodes the first night like the next night like another four or five and then sunday and monday like finished off like the last three i think or something yeah yeah so um that was how was kind of basically i guess we were both sort of curious about the show is in summation and it kind of on a whim but like that's like fine let's just check it out whatever we're not gonna get sucked into this at all whoopsie and uh there you have it so now it's become like our our i guess our show is this our show now
1: this is our show well, we, we, used to we used to watch but...
0: Supergirl, and then we kind of Fell off with the beginning of season three. We just fell behind, and now we're like a full season behind on Supergirl. and I still watch The Flash and Gotham, and, and uh, I guess now that Gotham's only has one more season left, I guess I only need the CW app going forward at this point. So that was our, our thoughts. So, what, what did you think of? Season one. I guess we can kind of bulk this together. Kind of just reaction stuff for season one, season two. Full spoilers. Kind of just uh, you know things we liked, things we didn't like, uh, favorite or least favorite moments, storylines. Um, what about the show? I guess in season one, sort of hooked you in, and what what did what did you really respond to uh, in season one of Riverdale? Um,
1: what I responded to on season one of Riverdale is. I, I liked how. All of the same characters of the of the characters in the comics are on the show, but they add more dimension to them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so Veronica is still a rich girl, but... She's a rich girl. But instead of just being a rich girl and that's like a frenemy of Betty and has a love triangle with Archie, she's also... A rich girl that does seem like that she does have a heart and well
0: she's basically a mafia princess too, in, especially in season two they really get into that.
1: But like a good mafia princess, I, I well is. I mean I guess I don't I guess it's a double. She's she's kind double, of double talking about Well she
0: yeah I mean I guess what your point with your point is that a lot of the characters from the comics are there like there's still a principal Weatherby, there's still uh, Hiram Lodge but very different Hiram Lodge. There's still like the the characters are on there. And they've just sort of modernized and, like, uh, I guess, grounded them a little bit more. Like, for example, Jughead doesn't walk around with a goofy crown on his head. He has that cool little beanie that they sell on Amazon.
1: And I actually was going to say about Jughead on the show that... They really created yeah. a personality out of him. Like in the comics, there's nothing about trailer parks, obviously, and gangs um, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but they really created a character out of Jughead. Compared to Betty, you know, she was and still then, she's still a good girl, wears her hair and put it down but with some darkness.
0: When she's not wearing a dark wig. Yeah. Hey, and
1: Archie's still a good good guy. Right, but Jughead, they really built a story and I guess that's why Jughead is one of the favorites.
0: Right, I think so. Yeah, they even say on some video we watched recently on YouTube that Jughead's character is definitely the biggest departure from the comic books and that he in the comics, for example, he's asexual. Like he doesn't he doesn't have a relationship with anybody. He's just like, Oh Betty, if I were to ever be with anybody it'd be Betty. But that's about it.
1: And he, loved, and yeah, he just loves he play, still he, and he yeah, still yeah they still talk about him loves
0: food. Yeah. they yeah, but they have and they have his hat that he only has off like maybe a half a dozen times over the course of this this series thus far. And
1: he always is—he's actually more of a jokey, like a jokester character in the. Comic yeah, here he's dark and brooding. Exactly. So it's. And yeah. and he's the
0: narrator of the series, and it's very it's very film noir-ish, and he's a writer, which I guess probably part of the reason I respond to Jughead so much. Definitely. He's the outsider. Uh, yeah. And I think that makes him sort of relatable in, in general, especially for a teen audience who like, I feel like I'm an outsider. Everybody feels like an outsider. Um, and all the characters are struggling with that inner the inner demons. And, and um, so they took the, the character dynamics and what you knew about them in the comics and expanded on them and made them are like, all right, we'll take that. But we're going to make that into a CW show because it's very much. I, was that was it your friend that said that?
1: It's just, she's like, oh yeah, she's like, oh, it's it's so CW. She's like, wait, forget that. It's so WB.
0: It is. It really is. Like, it's basically, you take Archie comic. If you, if if I all, if your pitch, if you're summarizing the show, you'd be like, Archie comics heads to the WB or the CW for, you know, younger people who might not be like WB, what the hell?
1: Oh man, it was a long time
0: ago. It was a long time. It was like the, what, 15 years ago, more than that? Early 2000s, I think. Because Buffy was in mid run. It was like after season five of Buffy. So that was like when 2001 ish. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so those people that were that that are watching Riverdale probably weren't even born yet when it was still the WB. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Not to make us feel too old, but uh, oh no, maybe well that was when it jumped over to UPN. Maybe that's what I'm thinking it was Buffy. So maybe it was a couple of years still until they just merged them together.
1: I'm thinking to thinking Veronica Mars. Yeah, because Veronica Mars. I think Veronica Mars might have been on UPN and then in, I got, it
0: got. I think it got canceled. I think it might wasn't that one of the was that one of the Oh. the shows that didn't make the cut
1: I guess
0: because I, I remember them being I remember watching
1: well, in I was
0: involved in Smallville at that time and I was like oh my god are they are going to keep Smallville and yeah they did I was like oh okay good no, I'm, I'm good then.
1: and they kept it forever longer. yeah
0: well sh- god I know so much and that's I feel like that's we've sort of fallen into that with Riverdale now because this show could totally be on for like 10 years and they'll be like no Archie and Jughead and them are in college Riverdale University or whatever um, so yeah so they they did a pretty direct translation of the characters and the elements from the show just lot, a lot darker. So season so, one's
1: Well, what was what attracted you to season... Like, what did you like about season one?
0: Well, I mean, I grew up as a kid. I watched you know, soap operas with my parents. We watched General Hospital and Port Charles, the spinoff that nobody probably remembers at this point. Um, so I was kind of already well-versed on the whole soap opera element of it. And I like the fact that the characters all are sort of dangerous. And, and there's just there's a very... Uh, the show is really good as most soap operas are of and I don't mean soap. and I should clarify I don't mean soap opera in a in like a derogatory sense I mean soap opera as in it's about love triangles and murder mysteries and there's a there's even a freaking twin at one point you know what I mean it's very much like Playing with playing with a bag of cliches, but like in a a fun and interesting way. And this show, unlike a lot of daytime soap operas, is sort of self-aware and pokes fun at itself when it's kind of being ridiculous. You know what I mean? And I think season one especially nails that tone. Season two leans a little too too much on the self-serious side, and I think that I've seen some chatter to that uh, effect over the last year or so, where some fans are like, oh man, I don't know, they don't have the same spark enough. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that they went from 13 episodes to 22 episodes. So the first season centers mostly on uh, the murder of Jason Blossom and that, uh, that whole mystery being solved. So did you, what did you think of that storyline and, and I guess how that all develops? It feels like forever ago that we watched that, even though it was only a few months ago now.
1: It kind of, in a way though, feels predictable. That it was
0: the dad. The dad. Spoilers.
1: I mean, it's also also wait. Which hor- which storyline
0: we talking about? The, Jason Blossom the, or the Jason Black one. Hood? <laughs>
1: Jason Blossom. <laughs> we'll it get just is also horrific that a father would even do that right. to his child. But then again, that that family is completely messed up. Watching and watching that dynamic interaction between the kids and the the parents is. I think I was the another thing that that um, caught my attention on season season one is that just the back and forth and how some of the parents are like, they're just, some of them are just flat out evil. And then others are just trying
0: good people, just some of them yeah, are decent just people. trying
1: to, good people, but they have their own secrets about. and they're just trying to raise their right. family and all that. So,
0: so, um, I was going to say, and that's, what's interesting about this show is that just when you think it's being all light and like, Oh, Archie can, then there's like, you know, an incest thing revealed or like, you know, conversion therapy or like, you know, uh, I guess a uh, uh, father killing his own son and like torture things or like all kinds of crazy weird shit happening. Like they 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 do that in, intentionally. I feel like like they lure you in, like oh look, it's Archie Comics. It's fine, don't worry about it. It's harmless. You could take it here, hand it. It's it's not gonna hurt you. And then you're like uh, okay, and then you take it. And they're you like, ah!
1: makes me think of the Red Pill. Fucking
0: so. Midge is like nailed against the wall, and you're like, what the hell? I thought this was like a musical episode. What's going on?
1: It makes me the red pill or blue pill.
0: Yeah, but they bait you with the harm, with the, the apparent harmlessness of the property, Archie Comics, and then they flip it on you, and they and and continually shock you with how just how dark the show is willing to go. You know. Yeah,
1: it's pretty, it's it pretty gets, dark. It's on eight o'clock, right?
0: Uh, I I guess I'm not sure. I don't watch these things live. Um, probably. I always eight ask that question
1: with shows like this because when I was a kid, when we were kids, at eight o'clock. TVs, like the that was when slot. 8 o'clock
0: was full house.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like even shows like Roseanne that were more controversial were 9 o'clock. Yeah. And obviously then the other shows like ER. That Married
0: with like, Children was like 9, 9 o'clock. 9 yeah. ER
1: was 10 o'clock because it was blood and, you know, more adult themes. Now, 8 o'clock is shows like Gotham. NYPD B- B- B-
0: B- 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 Blue was on at like 10 too. Yeah. Because It was like, shows like, watch out, you might see Dennis Franz's ass. I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. No, I don't want to see that.
1: Yeah, so that's ha- that's how you knew it was time to go to bed, right? Was when the ten o'clock show started. Viewer
0: discretion is advised.
1: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. But now Gotham, Riverdale, like these. Now are you, you turn clock. on your
0: TV or your computer. Viewer discretion is advised already. That's why you have to, you know. And we'll get there in a few years with our daughter. That's why you have to have that like kid parent parental lock on things because otherwise it's you never know what the hell you're going to see on the online or on television these days.
1: I know. It's like dirt trying to go further and further because well cable because time slots are, don't
0: really matter anymore because that's true, it a dvr yeah dvr like it's yeah everything's accessible whenever you want it to be
1: that's true so but i guess it's also time to, slots are obsolete they also way. have to like push push it because cable channels are pushing it already right so they have that's to compete
0: true. i guess yeah so and it's I, I do feel like i'm not sure what the deal is with riverdale but i feel like it's very like I've seen things touting it as a Netflix series but it's not a Netflix series it's CW so I wonder if in some like overseas maybe if Riverdale is Netflix exclusive like mm. maybe they don't carry CW overseas in certain countries or something Possible. so I feel like maybe that's how they see Riverdale's so like cuz I think uh, that that deal putting that that show on on Netflix is really going going to benefit that show exponentially because more, more and more people like us are going to be like, oh, I've heard of that. Let's check it out. And then be like, oh my God, who's the black hood? <laughs> you know? Um, so I think overall, I think the Jason Blossom mystery was satisfying for the most part. I think, like I've said, I, the fact that it was 13 episodes helped it be a lot more focused and every episode was kind of a critical part of piece of the puzzle. And I think in season two, they went a little too, because it was 22 episodes, it was it was more sprawling where I even said to you at one point, I'm like, there's like 400 things going on right now. What is happening? And like they, they you can feel in the middle part of the season when the Black Hood mystery sort of dials down and the Hiram Lodge plan for Riverdale kind of, ramps up that only to later then the Black Hood thing randomly pops back up it just feels like those few episodes like maybe half a dozen episodes in the middle were just filler because they needed to be like alright let's let's get something else going you know what I mean or even like even though I like the storyline and I think it was an interesting turn of events because I love um, the coupling that develops out of it Cheryl's whole You know conversion therapy subplot there did feel kind of out of nowhere and then it she's back and then it's kind of like everybody pretends like it never happened it was weird you know what i mean there are issues with the structure and the pacing i think of the show especially in season two where you can sort of feel like they're trying to figure out oh man we made this we designed this as a 13 episode like series now you know not not that they weren't going to go beyond season one but like the storyline of season one was so tight that you can tell in season two that they were like oh shit now do we need now we need to do 22 we our minds are programmed for thir- we're like you know the way that they were thinking about this this the uh, storytelling dynamic on the show wasn't a 13 episode length and now they need to figure out ways to expand on Isn't it is that
1: what happened with glee
0: i think that's definitely well, well glee, like glee, glee, glee from, was Wait. well glee was 13 episodes and and then like as they were After they filmed those, I think, while they were still airing, then they got the the back nine ordered. That's what they call it. Oh, okay. When you get the extension to 22. Uh, And then that's why in season uh, In season 1 episode 14 Of Glee, the first one after those 13 Like they win at What is it, regional, no, uh, sectionals And then the next episode Like all of a sudden Will and Emma are like Nope, we were together but not really Like oh, uh, not really Like take a couple steps back because we're not done We're not ready to resolve the storyline yet I guess there's a little bit of that in Riverdale Because that mid-season, like what is it Like literally season, uh, episode 10 or 11 Right before the Christmas break with the black hood is quote caught, um, so I feel like that's some of the issues with that. And I miss the pussy cats too. They, I like I actually missed the the um, the the music. Uh, I thought the musical segments and oh, we'll get to that in a second. I thought the musical performances in season one were actually a lot stronger because it felt more organic. Even though I think we're both in agreement that Missus Grundy was totally just like bullshitting Archie, be like you're so talented. I'm like really, Really? <laughs> mean. I don't know about that. I mean, he's he sounds like a white guy it's, it's like, with a guitar. Who's struggling. Oh, yeah.
1: He's straining. And I'm know, no,
0: no offense to KJ Apa, because I think he's a good-looking guy, and he's a decent actor. I just don't think his musical prowess is up to the par with some of the other people on the show. Right. Um, I wonder, and, who- Even though I do like that aspect of Archie's character, because they do take him... We talked about this recently, too. They do take him too dark in season two.
1: Yeah, there's this BuzzFeed article, because... I, I, Once we were done watching uh, Riverdale, which, wasn't that last night?
0: Uh, let's see. Uh, Was it? No. No, no, it's Friday. Yeah, it was Friday. Friday. we were like, fuck it, let's go for it. (laughs) That's right. Six episodes.
1: But we were on BuzzFeed, and they have this whole section for Riverdale. Of course they do. And there was this one um, article that was saying... Um, the different my opinion, you know, my opinion of season one of Riverdale versus season two of Riverdale, oh, yeah. and Archie in the first season two, they were like, yeah, he- Archie's kind of scary and like almost maybe like a fascist, <laughs> and um, so that one made me laugh. Because well, he did go, yeah, he, he got a little I, and scary. I, and, I, and I, I mean, I, I liked was, him because he is a stand-up right character. He's an honorable guy, and then he like gets the Veronica juice, and he's like, okay,
0: well, I'm just gonna. Yeah, they they have they have uh, fun, sexy times. Well, the and I have said this to you, you know, before we recorded that uh, Archie really functions. Archie's not that interesting of a character to me, and Archie really functions. And I think season two they were trying to be like, let's make him more complicated. And I'm like, it's just no, he's no, please don't. Um, he functions best when he's like the straight, the straight man, like the normal, moral, upstanding guy trying to do the right thing in this town of crazies, sort of. And I think that's. Also extends to his dad, who's really the only fully above board parental figure on the whole show. Everyone else is either like abusive, like emotionally abusive, like uh, Penelope Blossom, or manipulated and, and manipulative and calculating, like the Lodges, or like like harried and like uh, overbearing, like Alice Cooper. Which I love that her name is Alice Cooper. Um, you know what I mean? And Fred Andrews is really the only one who's like, got his shit together. Which
1: I love the fact that Fred Andrews is played by Luke Perry.
0: Right. That's the 90210 yes. reference you were foreshadowing. That's
1: like, that's awesome. And he, he actually does a pretty good job acting in that role. I mean, I never really thought Luke Perry was the greatest actor, but he's not too, he well, pretty it's, good in this. it's
0: interesting because some of the old, some of the parents are, I mean, I mentioned Skeet Ulrich in the, in the up, up top. But, um, you know, some of them, I think, feel like have aged into, like, they have more of a, especially the men, have more of a grizzled look, like, look and feel, and, like, they, they think they have more gravitas than they did 20 years ago when they were in stuff, and maybe because they've lived so much life since their iconic roles in 90210, or Scream, or... Um, you know, all my children, or I'm trying to. Because well, what's her, the Alice Cooper? That actress was on Twin, Twin peaks. peaks. Yeah. Like I feel like you know they they have much more. They've done a lot more work in those subsequent decades since their like more famous roles. So I think they they bring that experience to these parts. And you know, even when the kids who are all pretty good on the show, but even when they're not as solid, I feel like the parent, the pr- parents, the actress playing the parents really. Keep the storyline uh, together and and g- convey that emotion.
1: Well, you want to know something more so? weird that we haven't, um, that probably no one's even thought about, and I didn't even realize it until just now. Cole Sprouse actually has like twenty years of acting experience. That's and true, he, and he is one of the better acting kids on that show. Yeah,
0: and yeah. we say kid being under like under thirty. I guess <laughs> they're playing kids on the show, so we're right. calling them kids, even but though yeah, they're I mean, all he's like He's been doing something. this
1: since Big Daddy, and that was in 98
0: 99 I think yeah close
1: that's like almost yeah that's almost 20 years of acting he was on friends he was right. on
0: but he was a kid actor you know yeah but how, how much and he took a break from acting to attend college from his wikipedia entry which i may or may not have read <laughs> after this disca- discovering that i love jughead so much um but you know what i mean like skeet ulrich like i, I you know and uh mark and mark and and ulrich was and in scream in
1: 1995 that's only a 4 you th- you're a always six. a year off yeah that's <laughs> only a three-year difference to cole sprouse yeah. So, but that in was, his way, most so was in a way. in stuff before that. that's actually very yeah. uh, nothing. Like that. But that
0: was his most famous. Well, he was in the
1: craft, but yeah, yeah. But that was a year before.
0: That was so that's only three, came, three to four right, year yeah. difference. Yeah.
1: And he, so I think that's very actually very interesting. Yeah, it is. That he's a more veteran actor, <laughs> to as compared to his so peers. do you
0: think that the? Do you agree with me that overall, season one is is much tighter story. The structure is really sound, and it kind of balances that we're this goofy Archie show and we're this really dark, fucked up show balances that tone better than season two, which I think falls oh, yeah, too sure. much on the latter. Except the one episode where they're at the cabin and everybody's having sex and hearing each other through the walls and stuff. Um, I think that, yeah, they did they did go a touch dark this season. And I mean, The Flash and other CW shows have had kind of similar criticism. So I wonder if season three, if they're going to try and revert it back to this... You know, finding that season one sweet spot a little bit more, Um, and of course, I said the music. I like. I think the Pussy Cats kind of lend themselves to all these regular musical performances, obviously. So that lends that that leads to the obvious question: What did you think of the musical episode in season two, the Carrie musical, which is random and weird that they even did it, especially since season two is so much darker? And then they're like, "No, they're gonna burn." And I kind of I didn't know that was the episode until they started singing. Because I knew there was an episode in that season, but I didn't know when it was exactly. And then all of a sudden, they're like starting to, the, the episode opens and they're singing. And I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, I guess, I oh, I, oh, okay, I guess this is where we are.
1: And Though, you were like, oh no. <laughs> I was even saying while we were watching it that the two redheads, their voices, I really was struggling to listen to them saying Like, no, they are. No shade
0: that. to Madel- Madeline Petch. I think you say her yeah. name. Because she's great. Yeah, we'll she's one of
1: the, Cheryl Blossom's one of the most interesting characters for By sure. By far.
0: Yeah, she's great on the show and the character. You root for it. her,
1: but you're also like, other times you're like, oh my gosh, you're scary. What about
0: every show, every, teen, every high school show has that, whether it's Cordelia on Buffy or like, you know, Santana on, on Glee or other teen shows. I didn't watch that many. I haven't really watched that many like teen drama high school shows, I guess, in my life, as probably you. But, um, but, you know, you always need that bad girl type with, like, what I always call quasi-evil, where they go back and forth between causing problems and being an ally and then causing problems again. And, um, yeah, so the musical episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I didn't, I didn't like it. I, I'm i not really... I don't like musicals for the most part. I mean, take... Other than Grace. I just don't really the like The original musicals. High School Musical. Yeah, it's just hard for me to to I get over analytical I'm like why are they singing in the middle of their classroom like, or the or middle of their bedroom like, it's just it's just hard for me to take myself so I don't like musical episodes because the musical- principle
0: the principle behind it is that they sing when they're when they can't express their emotions any other way that's kind of a lot of how a lot of musicals operate you know yeah um, and I like musicals and I love the Buffy musical episode which I feel like since that every other show feels like they want to do a musical because then Scrubs do one and like I think Grey's Anatomy did one. I feel like most TV dramas after Buffy were like, "We got to do a musical episode now." But I don't. I mean, I haven't seen most of them, but I don't like even The Flash, Supergirl. They did a musical episode. That wasn't that good either to me. It just feels like an excuse. I mean, it's it basically is an excuse for the actress to sing.
1: But some of them maybe don't want to sing. Right. I was just going to say that. Like some of them maybe feel like they're.
0: Well, it feels very it feels very pointed that. Jughead is is the videographer and does not sing one line in that song. I feel like Cole Sprouse was basically, you know, famously on this on the set of Buffy, Alison Hannigan, I guess, didn't want to sing, really, because she doesn't sing in that episode. She doesn't really sing much on How Much Your Mother, even though everybody else does too. Uh so I feel like Cole Sprouse was like, Yeah, don't make me sing, please. <laughs> yeah, like do that.
1: it's like it's I mean, you gotta hand it to people like KJ Appa and Madeline.
0: Petch, I think. P E T <P-E-T-S-S-0> Who S- saying you don't really
1: have the best voices. But then again, Archie seems to think he is a really good singer, so...
0: Oh, on the show, on the show yeah. at least, yeah. Well, that's because Miss Grundy, that's her... That's her M-O. Sexual predator tactic, as that scene, uh, you know, kind of confirmed, I guess, in season two. Yeah, I agree with you. The musical episode was okay. I was... I just kind of wanted to... I guess at a certain point, I just kind of wanted to get past it. It's fun as sort of a, a gimmicky one-off, but I, I mean, I also... You know, I didn't even know that they Really Carrie was a musical until Riverdale did their own version of it. And I, I mean, the music in there was fine. It wasn't really... It, it, for, in order for something like that to work, for me, it has to be executed at such a high level. And this, to me, felt very kind of, kind of half-assed, I guess, for lack of a better term. I still love the, 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 the storylines and everything going on, but when they broke in the song, I was like, what are we doing? Why, why, are they, why, why is this happening? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they didn't, I don't know. It didn't elevate the show in any way. It just felt like a ratings grab more than anything else. Like it doesn't, it didn't fit the show organically and they didn't really even do it. And I mentioned to, to you when we were watching it, they didn't even do a very good job keying up. Oh, we're doing a musical. It's coming up. Blah, blah, blah. We're doing a school musical. They mentioned it like once or twice. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, okay, this is, I guess this is it. You know what I mean? They didn't feed into it at all. Right. Um, in a satisfying way for me. So I... Yeah. So hopefully if they do another, like, gimmicky idea in season three, which I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm fine with rating stunts and, you know, Buffy did a silent episode. They did, a, like, all kinds of weird different uh, different attempts at different things. Um, uh, hopefully they don't do a musical episode and they do something else, you know? Uh, I don't know exactly what form that would take, but I, I'm all, I'm fine for them trying something different and more experimental. It's just... Yeah, that that one didn't really didn't really do it for me. Um, so, so the season one we talked about season one. We talked about the Jason Blossom, rev- you know, resolution. So season two mostly centers on, mostly centers on the mystery of the Black Hood, who's basically a serial killer running through Riverdale and killing all the sinners. And obviously, this one is I'm getting into more detail on because it's freshest in my mind because we just watched season two, as Kai pointed out. So. How did you feel about the Black Hood story? Did you, did you, did you think it was interesting? Or were you, did you feel like it was tiresome at a certain point? I'm just glad, like, after the first handful of episodes, they stopped talking about Jingle Jangle because that was annoying as shit. <laughs> oh, there's Jingle Jangle out on the streets. I'm like, this, well, Jesus like, hey, Christ. Expl-
1: having them expl- explain in the Easter egg why it was called Jingle Jangle makes it sound less bad and annoying. Jingle, it was called Jingle Jangle because that was actually the name of Archie Con- Archie's song that they had in 1969. The song was called Jingle Jangle. So it okay. was a throwback to that.
0: I know. I don't, oh, I don't care. It still sounds ridiculous. Okay. But like, oh, there's all this jingle jangle out on the street. I'm like, can you name it well, something well, less stupid? Well, at first
1: I thought they were just saying, like, jingle jangle, like... Oh, it's raff, Right. Like, thingamajig. Like, I didn't realize that that was actually going to be the name of it. Yeah. So that yeah. was... Yeah. Kind of
0: Discipline. There was a lot of jargon uh, floating around in the first... You know, six episodes of Riverdale Season 2 where it's like, Jingle Jangle, The Sugar Man, The Black Hood. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Let's move on with the Jingle Jangle thing. So, hopefully, thankfully that, and then the Ghoulies, which I thought was... I don't care about the Ghoulies at all. Like The Serpent I don't stuff... I they're supposed to. Yeah, the, well, I mean, it looks like they're going to continue to be important on the show. The Serpent stuff is interesting sometimes, but it also feels, in large part, like it's sometimes like it's in danger of... They're in danger of playing it out because season one and especially season season two really takes you in the 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 Serpent's Den. You know, we spent a lot of time in the White Worm in season two, especially. Uh, did you like all the Gangland stuff happening in season two, or not did you really. think you, not really?
1: I don't care. But you care about I care about F.P. You care, I care about, about FP Tony and FP, but I just like I just you don't
0: care about Sweet Pea and Tall Boy. Okay, and they got to
1: change the names of these people. Fangs. But it's it's ter- They're terrible names. Terrible nicknames. It well, was like
0: War... Was it War Dog or War Pig or something? Like was war Dog war, is better than, than... Guy was the other yeah, guy. Even that's even War a, Dog
1: is better than Sweet Pea. I mean... Yeah,
0: sweet, well, Aren't these
1: names supposed to be scary?
0: Yeah. Like, tall Boy is not... And
1: threatening? Tall Boy, Sweet Pea? That's At least
0: had already had a nickname. He didn't right. have to come in. Well, is that why FP... All of FP's kids have ridiculous nicknames? Just in case they grow up and become serpents? It's like, all right, you're in... You're a serpent now, Jelly Bean. We meet, <laughs> I hope we meet. Do we know how old Jellybean's supposed to be? Did they ever establish that on the show? Most likely younger than Jughead. Well, yeah, but how much younger? Like it's ten or maybe, like maybe
1: maybe she's a couple years. Like maybe that she
0: isn't it. She yeah she. Yeah, maybe so she's I said. A middle
1: school or something. Yeah, and, and so isn't the mom mad at this point that? FP keeps saying he's gonna go back to Toledo (laughs) they they, they did that two
0: seasons in a row It's true
1: You're
0: gonna go back with your mom It's like, no, I'm not Okay, you don't have to
1: And then the second season They did it like twice In the second season So I would think that the mom Would just be like Just just shut up already I don't believe you Well,
0: FP officially retired from the serpents now Right But, okay, so We got distracted By the serpent talk Because that's basically There's, I guess Are there three main No, there's four How many main plot lines go on in season two? (sighs) Okay, you got the Black Hood thing, which is the oh, starts the season and ends the season, really. You got the, uh, the serpents, ghoulies, whatever thing. You got the Hiram Lodge storyline with Archie and becoming one of his capos. And uh, Hiram, of course, that ties into the serpent thing. And then I guess you have the chick thing. Yeah. Oh, God. That was creepy. He was scary. <laughs> he was- He's like washed out Dave Franco is what I kept calling him. <laughs> because That's what he reminds me of, like a lot.
1: Yeah, and it's like, if he was creepy enough, and he did a good job being really creepy, but, like, I would be in the shower, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I would think about Chick's face, and I'm like, oh, it's creepy.
0: Well, and there's that one, like, montage, at the, at the I think towards the beginning of one of the episodes, where he's, like, showing up behind Betty every two seconds. She's like, hey, Betty. i like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> That's how she's reacting, and it gets to put us in her mindset, because I was already there over the first episode with him. I was just like, oh, my God, this guy's creepy. Get him out of here. Um, so we don't even know what happened to Chick, speaking of. Oh yeah, he could be back. I mean, I think he'll be back. Probably. There's more. There's more storyline to tell there. Um, so the Black Hood mystery, like which are those story of those storylines is that basically the main four? Yeah. The mayoral race, but that's really more about how the lodges at a certain yeah. point. Yeah. That's yeah. There's a lot of subplot, and, that, and I guess the season two season two does a good job of tying everything together. It's just like most stories, it's that middle act, the middle section of the season where it kind of like. Are we about the black hood? No, now we're about this, but also these six other things. And then the last few episodes it does a pretty good job kind of weaving everything together and okay, combining the different so subplots. Okay. Talk about
1: chick and plot lines. So what happened with Betty in the webcam?
0: I don't know. I don't know if she's still doing that. I hope not, cuz I like Betty and that she shouldn't be doing that to herself. She's she's better than that.
1: Cuz they it-
0: Especially if she's yeah, that's not something she should be doing. I'm assuming, right? Yeah, plus No judgment, but it's like you're in a relationship. Don't go on there and like have a secret life where well, you're was being. That even Plus, if, can... is chick your is chick your role model? Is this who you want to be? Like, oh, I want to try that too. I hope. I hope now that she's discovered that he's a psycho, possibly, who may or may not have killed her brother or whatever. Um, her real brother. Spoilers. Um, hopefully, she's like, yeah, I don't want to do that. That's bad. I'll keep my my wave only for sex. <laughs> Which was great when he called her out on that. He's like, oh, she wears it when she has sex with Jughead. She's like, how could you know that? And he's like, oh, I was right. I was just guessing. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty funny. Um, So, which of those did the chicks, did you like the chick storyline or was that just, again, if it was effectively creepy?
1: Yeah, gosh. That, yeah. The chick storyline, though, also, they dealt with a couple of weird, really weird things, like with the murder, with, the the dead guy and oh in the house yeah and then darla who was blackmailing them and i just
0: yeah they had that like the psycho reference where they got rid of the car and it like sinks into the yeah lake, it just the was the
1: really weird and i don't know if it should, was really necessary
0: it feels like filler doesn't it yeah that's what i'm saying um because basically yeah because the that's the other thing too the black hood and Hiram the lodges and uh, the serpent thing those are those all sort of kind of come together the black hood creates chaos and then lodge, the lodges sort of capitalize on that and then it, that affects the serpents and that whole thing the chick thing sort of feels like out of nowhere and that it does come through pretty much after the blight after the black hood soon after right yeah so that does feel like oh crap we need to fill a few episodes here let's bring this guy in and have that sort of be important and their resolution was to not really resolve it was to have the blackwood cha- black hood chasing him down, chasing him down the street. She's like, you better get out of here. I did like the one upsman the game of one-upsmanship with Betty and Chick. Because I love Betty. We'll get to that in a second.
1: Oh, yeah, that scene with, with Chick and Betty. And she's like, oh, you, I would have said something to the sheriff about you braining someone in my kitchen. If I want to get rid of you. And he's like, oh, but I didn't do any of that, Betty. It's not my fingerprints. It's not me. They did the with the car. And I'm like, oh, my God.
0: And she basically. it's She almost basically gets to that point where he's, she. she Intimidates him at one point, and she's like, "Oh, something basically." Ins- no, ins- well, but she that does was Before too. that conversation, yeah, yeah. Now. she does all, but she also sort of insinuates at some point, like, "Oh, you know, I have a dark, so I have a darkness, and like basically insinuates you haven't even seen my darkness yet, that kind of thing." And I, lo- I thought that was cool. Betty's one of the best characters on the show. but I'm getting ahead of things. So the Black Hood mystery, as I was telling you from like before the Spenson thing, I was like, "It's Hal Cooper." <laughs> Okay. and then every time hal cooper showed up i was just like hey there black hood what's going on
1: but we'll explain to podcast land why what was my what
0: was my rationale yeah. okay so we knew it was a white male in his 40s it's not luke perry because he's the one that got shot it's not hiram lodge because he's not a white guy he's hispanic and it's not tall boy or sweet pea or well sweet he's not in his 40s but it's not one of those serpents it's definitely not fp because he's clearly a sympathetic character, and he's, he was the one holding the mystery. Not, He wasn't the one behind the Jason Blossom thing, but he was involved in some degree. Oh, and speaking of taking a brief detour, which is fitting because this is a crooked detour. Um, but sh- but sh- uh, the Jughead and his dad thing in season one, I think, was one of the most poignant storylines in that first season for me. And that made me go like, oh, my God, I think I love Skeet Ulrich. Is Skeet Ulrich a great actor now? And I just never realized it. Um, So that was a distant aside on Skeet Ulrich in the show. Uh, And so I figured I knew it was we only had a certain amount of characters. I knew it had to be a major character, but not like so major that if he got caught and got killed or went to prison, it would, you know, it's not going to be Archie because first of all, he doesn't fit the demographics and doesn't make sense with the storyline. And you need you need him there to be, you know, someone that's an essential part of the show, but not so essential. And Lachlan Monroe has sort of been there in season one, but he didn't. In season two, he didn't really have much to do for most of it until the second half. Really, you notice that like season one, he's there sort of. But not really there. And then he has more to do when Chick comes into the house, and he's like, "Oh, Alice, blah blah blah." And he starts hooking up with Penelope Blossom, and there's no Black Hood for a while. And then I was, like, "Oh, we're back to the Black Hood." Like they they build his importance in the second half of the season, so that when the reveal so he, happens, wait. So Benel- you're like, was what? He,
1: you think Penelope Blossom was the secret to keeping him in, keeping him sane.
0: Oh God, that's awkward.
1: Because he was happy hooking up with her, so he's like, oh, "I don't need to kill anybody. I got my
0: got She's my- she's getting me off now, I guess. So. I get satisfied that way as opposed to, you know, strangling Miss Grundy, which RIP with Miss Grundy, but not really. She, was a, she seems like a horrible person, as, as, according to the show.
1: Because it's true. I think that's exactly what the timing was, that he got yeah. with Penelope Blossom and he was too busy to be the Blackfoot. Yeah. He was too busy to call home, buddy. I wonder if
0: when they, him. I wonder if now that we're talking about it, I wonder if they were always intending on that being Hal Cooper or they thought they were going to end the storyline there. Because you could have easily had that, oh, it was Mr. Svenson, Crazy. But then a few episodes after, in, the sixth, in the second half, Archie's like, sometimes I wonder, did we get the right guy? And then that puts that seed of doubt into your head. But
1: no, it was, no, it was the way it ended um, on the Christmas episode where Buddy was putting the fireplace and even wondering.
0: Oh, and then and Jughead's thing is like, oh, but it's not really over or something. Right. But was that talking about the Black Hood or Chick? Because there's there's an episode where she's he's like, oh, just as she gets rid of one monster, she brings another one possibly into her life or whatever. And he's right. standing over her being like, I don't know who this person is.
1: That's true. Okay.
0: So I wonder if they, they pivoted halfway through and they were like, I don't know, that Black Hood reveal didn't have the oomph we needed. Let's tease that maybe it's not over. And then who could it be? And then they crafted the whole Penelope Blossom thing with Hal so that his story, like he would actually have more of a presence in the well, second why, half. It's
1: with the Black Hood, though, with the... With the- the hood over space and the eyes yeah and the shape of his face it did match Hal cooper's though yeah
0: i wonder i'm curious i should read some i should see if i should find if i can find some interviews with the writers of the show now that we're done with season two and we're up to date i i'm curious to like how the the writing process for that broke down so that was that a was that a strong reveal for you were you like yeah because well, i was i was like it, i
1: was right it would have been
0: if I hadn't it spoiled be, it for you, it like yeah, but did, was that did that serve the storyline well? Did you like? I that? I think
1: so, and it explained and it explained it pretty well. It because, tied into
0: the blossom yeah, Conaway thing, yeah, that whole because he
1: backstory, was, yeah, he because he had a darkness, and evil inside of him. Yeah, I, bet he felt the I mean, shit. it fit.
0: I don't know. I just wonder if that was if the way they did it, it, it did seem like it fit. I just wonder if that was always what they intended, or if they sort of changed their approach to the storyline halfway through. But either way, I think it works. I called it before Mr. Spencer. And I was like. I don't know. I don't think it's over. It's gonna be Hal Cooper, y'all. And it was Hal Cooper.
1: So how? So how did hanging with Hal Cooper? How did Mister Svensson then get involved? Where he was the black hood in that scene, and he had his finger cut off.
0: I think off. probably he, he was right. manipulated he, by Hal.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. So I like that. I think we'll see more of him. I think Betty will still keep going to see him in prison, and we'll obviously the, the Betty's inner darkness is a continuing thread going forward. But I think that. Um, I think that, you know, I like the way that that storyline resolved. It's, uh, I just think they had too much going on in season two. That was kind of my, my thing. So hopefully now they they, now that they'll, they'll kind of pivot back to the season one approach and apply that to a 22 episode model, or I think it, I think I heard it's going to be 23 episodes, but still same difference. Wow. So I think that's sort of wraps up that part of it. So what are, what are some of our favorite characters and, and our favorite couples from the show? Um, season one or two, doesn't matter. The whole, the overall thing.
1: Well, might get some heat for this, but one of my favorite characters is still Archie. Um, you Maybe not traitor. the last half of season two. Now,
0: when he's red, red Circle or Dark Circle or whatever the circle yeah,
1: is. Yeah, he's getting too close to Harem Lodge and making some decisions that he should be making. But overall, Archie, because he is the foundation of the show, and I like that he really, you know, he's a good person. He is loyal. He... He's yeah, he's the straight man in the world the town of crazies and
0: What did you think of the Nick Sinclair story? Yeah, line? he's still strong. That actually reminded me of that. Cuz he had that Nick Sinclair thing was kind of I thought that was an he was an interesting villain and I like, sort of feel like probably not done with him in a way.
1: Uh Somewhere yeah, can bring back. It was uh
0: Cuz that that was some of the darkness of Archie what you're talking about, I think.
1: Yeah, that was um interesting. Yeah. I actually I think I like Nick Saint Clair better at the second half of season two than I did the first. half When he of gets season.
0: his come ups, in, come even more so. And yeah. then he he Veronica um gets the upper hand on him and all that.
1: Which I kind of I she, had a feeling
0: it was going to be that way.
1: The fact that she is keeping the money though.
0: Well, she wants to invest it, and in she was trying to invest it. She she buy did she buy the diner with it?
1: But but she's keeping money that was basically through bad through illicit means. Yeah. Ransom is illegal.
0: Yeah, I know. I, well, I, I wish that
1: she would have just been like, I was just joking, here's somebody back.
0: The Lodges are, they have, they're very loose morals. Let's put it that way. To, to put it mildly. So Archie's your is your favorite?
1: Yeah, one of my favorites.
0: Okay, who are the other favorites? Um, So that I can use, piggyback off of some of them because um, uh, you haven't hit one yet.
1: I like Veronica.
0: Yeah, I like Veronica too.
1: She's, she's, she's multi-layered and She's...
0: Much more complicated on the show than in the comics. Yeah. Like everybody.
1: And on the in the comics, she's actually more mean. She's...
0: Yeah, she's more the mean girl. She's like girl. mean, yeah. She's here mean, they have, Sh- Sh- mean the Cheryl she's mean Betty. Cheryl Blossom is, is the more the mean girl here. Oh,
1: Cheryl's fun too.
0: Yeah, I love Cheryl. Cheryl's one of my top... I don't know if top three, but definitely top five for sure. Um, because she has that ability to go from one of the gang to like their arch nemesis and then back again. And now she's a serpent... She got a, a red, red jacket, jacket, which is pretty cool. Um, and, you know, she's, kind of, she's instantly a sympathetic character because of her horrible family, especially her mother. Um, and, you know, that, that makes you kind of root for her in that context. But then you take her into school and she's being a pain in the ass with the, our, our main quartet in a lot of ways. And then she's in, you know, then she's the antagonist. It's an interesting dynamic with her. She, and I
1: like her with Tony.
0: And, and I love Tony. And I love I that relationship. Couple. I think is really sweet. And um, I think that was an interesting, not really twist, I guess, sort of reveal. Because they were toying with that earlier in the season with the Josie obsession that she had going there a little bit. Which, again, that was another thing, pacing wise, where they sort of mentioned that and forgot about it. And they're like, oh, oh, yeah, here. This is why they put her in conversion therapy or whatever remember right that was kind of felt kind of haphazard a little bit to me ultimately got us to a good place but it took a while to kind of get to the point um so yeah cheryl for sure you didn't even mention bughead Uh, i love betty and i love jughead they're probably my two favorite ones on the show
1: what's the thing is i like every i like all of them i just i don't i knew what you were gonna say so you like
0: chick chick's one of your favorite
1: no i mean of the kids you
0: like tall boy (laughs)
1: <laughs> you like <Yeah>. Sweet Pea? <laughs> no, but... No, no. those um,
0: are not... They're not bad characters. I'm just saying.
1: But yeah. no, Bughead is... No, Bughead is pretty cute. Like, out of the couples, I do like Bughead the most. Right. And Well, tell
0: tell the people why. I, um, you tell me, and I thought that was so a, a good point.
1: I think... So, clearly, Archie and Veronica have no qualms... Archie. Of, have no qualms about having sex wherever they are all the time. They're teenagers. Because that's I'm the like. response... Because, you know, it was like that Cabin episode said, that's the response for everything. And with... Betty and Jughead, they're just, they seem like they're more restrained in their emotions, in a way, and their passions. So when they actually do, like, have sex and stuff, it's, like, it's, like, actually hotter in a sense. But they still
0: get a little freaky with, like, the wigs and stuff.
1: Yeah, and they just, and they, their love just seems more genuine. Well, it
0: feels, it seems like more of an emotional connection, and, like, in a way, more love versus the other two are, like, we're just two sexy young people. Let's have sex everywhere. Uh, it feels like more like the varchy thing is more lust and then the jughead and betty thing feels yeah it feels like more of an emotional bond that they have where they they're fine like embracing each other and that kind of thing and veronica and archie are like okay but let's go have sex somewhere
1: you know and, what i mean they don't even like, really
0: talk very much they are just like hi okay what did my dad say okay let's go have sex
1: and i feel like betty and Ver- uh, betty and jughead have been through more together right. too
0: yeah, well the, the
1: only thing that's really Archie's going,
0: getting there now with all the lodge stuff. Well it's with going with Hyrule. Archie Well,
1: Archie and Veronica. I mean, they were going through stuff that is all related to her her dad.
0: Yeah, basically. Her dad and his
1: dad versus Betty and Veronica or Betty and Jughead Betty and Veronica, it was a, it was a lot of double digest on Betty and Veronica. Um Which is another
0: couple that some people are probably rooting for in that after well, they the title. They, and they mentioned that in season two. They could they called back to that. So I thought that was interesting.
1: Um but with Betty and Jughead They've been through more together than what than just parents. It's you know the right. serpents and the just they have more history and they know each other longer too. Yeah. So.
0: Wait. Oh wait, wait. Oh then Archie and Veronica. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, obviously Veronica. Archie's known Betty for since forever. They live next to each next door to each other. So do we still think? And then we'll get back to the characters that we love and stuff real fast. Do we still think that uh, Archie and Betty are probably endgame?
1: Probably know I think it's gonna happen. Maybe in season three, but or season four, it's gonna happen though eventually.
0: Oh, Archie the, and,
1: and Betty? No, Veronica and Reggie. Oh, because if anybody that's read the comic Archie comics knows, yeah, is I, it was I read the Wikipedia Archie, page. Archie and Reggie had a love triangle with Veronica and Betty, and Veronica had a love triangle with Archie. So, and they've and this the Reggie this season got a lot more. Um,
0: who they, yeah, who we should mention they recast because the original actor was on 13 Reasons Why or something.
1: Yeah. um, And Archie and Reggie are frenemies. So I think that, that couple them will probably happen because it just seemed like they're doing a lot of callbacks to well, the comic strip.
0: It's also, in season one, so in season one, like maybe midway through or like towards the end of the season, Archie and Veronica got together and... Betty and Jughead, like, midway through the season, right? Right. Because they weren't, like, nobody was really coupled up for the first few episodes, I think. And then in season two, Betty and Jughead broke up, like, three times, and they got back together. And Archie and Veronica have been strong all through season two. So that means season three, that they're definitely going to break up at some point. So that's when I could see her probably rebounding with Reggie. And maybe Bughead will be stable in season three. But that's the thing with the show. It's like you can't take any of the couple stuff seriously because they're all gonna break up and then date each other. And that's what a soap opera is, especially a teen soap opera. That's high school too, you know, to an extent. When you have a finite number of kids in high school on a high school show, they're all gonna date each other at some point. Um, so I guess before we we'll do the parents in a second. But um, so I, let's also we also probably want to mention Kevin because Kevin's really fun on the show I think he has some interesting stuff it's like as a supporting player and I do like Josie and they gave her much more to do this season uh, and i like to see more of Josie and the Pussycats which yes after this whole Riverdale rabbit hole we fell down and thanks to the Blank Check podcast doing an episode on it, I did just go ahead and blind by Josie seeing the Pussycats on DVD. Which I saw the movie in the movie So I'll be watching that soon.
1: In 2001. That'll be I interesting. Out. I see it with some friends of mine, and I just was like, okay, it was okay. I really liked the soundtrack a lot. Well, because it's, it's a satire, and I
0: don't think anybody realized that at the time. I didn't realize it. Maybe that's what, and that's that's kind of my thoughts on Last Action Hero. Like, I don't think anybody realized Last Action Hero, the Arnold movie from 1993, is a, was a satire. I think they were just like, this is stupid. I'm like, yes, it is supposed to be. Action movies are stupid that's the whole point but I don't think anybody got it so I mean and that's why that movie did really poorly so I have a feeling that that's basically the same kind of thing with Josie and the Pussycats based on what I've heard so we'll be watching that at some point soon so moving into the parents of Riverdale who are your favorite who are your favorite parents or parental figures I guess well don't say Penelope Blossom she's scary (laughs) well Alice Cooper's grown on me Alice Cooper. She's a rock star.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's grown on me in season two. She
0: did, she did a lot more in season two. I think she was much. I think they they well because they they hinted at stuff in season one with her, but they didn't really solidify a lot of things. You know what I mean? Right. Season one, she was like, I gave up a baby, and we're like, okay. And here they're like, here's a baby. Nope, that's not him. And we're like, oh my god. Um, I may have I may have been a serpent at one point. i like, now she's here. She's like. Going dressing up and going to the White Worm and like wearing her jacket or whatever and like
1: walking that investor
0: meeting and I we're confirming the fact that she was with FP like in a relationship. Well, with him. more than that, yeah, that yeah that she had the baby with FP, which I kind of figured at some point. Look at Hal Cooper; he's lame.
1: Um. So Alice Cooper's grown on me.
0: Yeah, quite I a agree. Bit. She's I got like a her. lot she's, more
1: depth to her. She's at first in season one. You think she's just this crazy controlling mom, right? But but so well
0: intentioned, just like. Overbearing, with like too too much, too, too involved in her kids' lives, basically. and like
1: it seemed like she was really mean spirited. And right. then, then season two, she um you find you find out why, and
0: she was married to a serial killer. Yeah, <laughs> That's why. you
1: find out why, and she clearly loves her her child her children, and um yeah, so Alice Cooper, and yeah, definitely FP FP, and, and, and Fred Andrews. Yeah, I like,
0: I like. Uh, FP is my parental VIP.
1: Yeah, he really—he's got a lot of problems, but he does love Jughead and wants what's best for him, even if he can't provide it. And um, and sometimes Hermione Lodge.
0: Really? Yeah, I mean she's she's low she's, key.
1: She's like duplicitous, but yeah.
0: Well, she does love Veronica more than what's his face, who seems to only look—he seems to look power more than anything else. Like he loves Veronica and he loves his wife. But he also mostly just wants, loves money and power and stuff.
1: Right, and I feel like she is only doing the things that she's doing because she's scared of him. She's scared of mm-hmm. the consequences. I'm scared of him. Well, and even he said to Archie, he's like, "Oh, if you don't side with us, like you did, in my with our, the, as you, when you took your oath."
0: Yeah, he did the whole blood yeah. thing with him and everything. Which is bad move, I know, Archie. I don't You're so know stupid. Why
1: Veronica is
0: very is very sexy. Yeah. That's why I he's guess. like, there
1: will be consequences.
0: So season three, then we'll get more consequences. Um, what about you didn't mention Hiram Lodge you don't think he's one of your favorite characters he's not one of your favorite parents I mean he doesn't have to remember I said favorite as in oh. most fun to watch like, oh. you know then I mean like I want to be friends with this person it, it, your favorite character could be the worst person on the show I feel like it was
1: better when he wasn't around
0: in season when one. he was like the Emperor Palpatine off screen like oh he's not as forgiving as I am yeah. and now he's here and you're like uh, he's just kind of slimy and gross <laughs> sort of <laughs> But it, we, I mean, I, 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 do we basically think he's supposed to be the big bad of the entire series? I think that's kind of what they're leading yeah, into. Yeah, which
1: is so funny because in the comics, I mean, they didn't really have a big. He was bad. older. It was usually Mister Weatherby. Yeah, there's actually. no bad. There's Mr. No, Mr. no bad. Mister Weatherby and then, was actually the big bad of the comics. But she program. was a little
0: had an antagonistic moment late in season two here, where they're like, "Oh, you're not that kind of person, discriminating against the serpents and stuff," because the, the schools were integrated and all that. Um, now, I agree with the FP. Fred, FP, Fred Andrews, and Alice Cooper, I think are probably the strongest of the parent characters. Um uh, the Blossoms scare me, the Lodges scare me. I also like Hiram Lodge as a as a as a villain. And it's interesting because Mark Consuelos is a very charismatic guy and he'll he'll he play those like, oh, oh, Archie, it's okay, you know, blah blah blah. Come out, speak to me, Have, uh, try this rum or whatever. But then two seconds later he's got the crazy eyes and you're like, holy shit. Get out, Archie! Get out! But he like, still can't. You know what I mean? So he has that the ability to kind of pivot between, you know, sympathetic and oh, caring like parent and like freaking, you know, scary mobster guy. Basically,
1: and like I said bev- uh, before the podcast, and I'm not gonna get too much into this, but yeah, we're,
0: we're gonna be wrapping up in a second here. Um,
1: it it also kind of makes me feel like he is a a play on our current political climate situation
0: yeah yeah Yeah, you mentioned that
1: yeah so and so that's interesting I don't know if that was intentional
0: well they didn't they didn't do the thing on Riverdale like they did on Gotham where they're like in Gotham um when Penguin ran for mayor in season three I think and he was like oh we're gonna make Gotham safe again or something like that they didn't go that far with with Riverdale Although they totally could have, I think that might have been maybe too on the nose. Riverdale is, I guess, somehow trying to be more subtle than Gotham, but Gotham's pretty like in your face with everything they do.
1: Well, even Supergirl was.
0: Nevertheless, she persisted in the season two finale. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Overall, what are our thoughts on this show? Will we recommend it to people? I know you've already been recommending it to <laughs> everybody you know. Um, <laughs> do we think it? Do we think it? it it does something int- like it has it obviously has some predictable moments like you're like oh it's gonna be this or whatever because we've all seen soap operas before and teen dramas before do you think it does something interesting with those cliches and you know is it the plot or the characters like what do you, what do you think what keeps you coming back to the show and what do you, you know i think we both prefer season one to season two yeah
1: right? um i think what just makes me come back is just it's they have really good cliffhangers.
0: Oh, God. Every episode, we're like,
1: another one! Yeah, precisely, where we're staying up till two in the morning. Well,
0: that's why the, the power of binging, once we're, now we're caught up, now we can't do that for season three.
1: I have to wait, like, four months.
0: Yeah, until season for even for one episode, and, and another now, week, and then another week, and then another week.
1: I think that's why we stopped watching Supergirls. or we got tired of waiting. Yeah, I we're think weirdo- so. We were doing other things. That's true. Um, but that won't happen with Riverdale. Don't worry. Um... It, and the characters are interesting too. It's just it's characters that I grew up with but with more dimension and that makes it that makes it fun. Plus there's a certain
0: like I don't know Like I said, I guess guilty pleasure, like, it's, like, sort of gossipy. Like, oh, my God, look at what this person's into now. Like, it's, like, got that kind of... Which is the kind of the base appeal, I think, of soap operas in general. Like, oh, my God, this person's up to this thing now. What's going on? Like, it's certain, like... It's sort of a crazy melodrama constantly happening. So-and-so broke up with so-and-so. Are they going to go back with this person? Well, actually, the other thing
1: that's interesting about Riverdale that is not, like, a soap opera is... Like, in soap operas, a lot of the people, a lot of the characters are rich. It's just basically rich people Here's just the
0: lodges and the the blossoms, sort of, not so much anymore.
1: I guess. And the Coopers, which seem like they're just a middle, more, maybe more of an upper middle class. Upper middle class,
0: I think, yeah. Yeah. And then the lower middle class. Well, and then even the Andrews, he has his own business which is but doing but well. It's, yeah, it's struggling, but still. And honestly,
1: yeah. the Joneses don't and, spend and money.
0: No, the Joneses are like the they can't low, keep low, low, low. They're,
1: they're not even well, keeping it, up with themselves. When the, No, nice.
0: <laughs> when they're uh when the show started, Jughead was homeless, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, he was living in the driver.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it's they try and, hit, and you know They try what? and, and, and hit all the socio That's when the vendetta there.
1: against Harem Lodge really began. That's struggles. Oh, Jughead's, Jughead's been out to get him since the beginning because yeah. Harem Lodge he found out that Haram Lodge bought the drive-in where he that's where basically he was living right so it was the first
0: um push but yeah interesting so we like it it's fun it's fun it's dark and it's shocking but it's not heavy really you know what i mean Yes. it's not heavy, you know what, it's dark, but it doesn't get to the point where you're like, oh my god, it was, it was disturbing me, you're like, that's why I don't watch shows like Homeland, or The Americans, or any of these, like, shows with, like, heavy political undertones or anything like because I'm like, I don't want to think about the real world when I watch TV that much, when I'm watching a, it's a regular enough. show, it's sort of, um, that's why, and there's this, so it's dark, but it's, it still has an undercurrent of escapism, where even with as crazy as things get, you never really take it too seriously in a way. You know what I mean, right? So, in closing, watch Riverdale seasons one and two streaming on Netflix. Season three, any thoughts? Hiram Lodge's Legion of Doom. We're gonna see more of them, I guess.
1: Um, I think
0: Reggie's, Veronica, gonna, think, Var- Reggie's gonna
1: get more Var- time.
0: More Reggie. Varchi's probably gonna Combust. break up. Yeah, at some point here. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We have. I don't. It's it's gonna be interesting to see what new elements they introduce. I think the ones they're gonna pick up on are gonna be. What I'm calling Lodge's Legion of Doom, and the Varchi situation. I think Bughead's going to be okay for the time being.
1: Yeah, they've already broken up a couple times. Yeah,
0: they think they need a break. Even Finchel didn't break up like multiple times a season. Like once, I think maybe. Um,
1: Well, the Jughead is also realizing how important Betty is in his life. He even says like every single since I got since you've been gone, I've been making such terrible decisions. Or
0: sort of. Yeah. Well, he cut a freaking part of a woman's arm off. See, Jughead went a little too far. Everybody went a little too far this season. I think that was kind of at the end of it. Like, all right, well, we did we did bad things, but we're better people now for it. I'm do like, you think anything's going to
1: happen with that dead guy? Or do you think that storyline's closed?
0: The chick, the, the, guy, the guy that kill, Chick killed? Yeah. I Probably not at this point. Um, I think we're going to probably see Chick again, though. I think that'll be the Betty, part of the Betty storyline in season three. And I'm sure there's new elements that a new character coming into town that we don't even know about yet. Um, but they have a lot of dangling threads um, going forward. And the fact that Lodge's Legion of Doom ties everybody together, where you've got Penny Peabody, you've got uh, Penelope Blossom, you've got the Mal- Malachi guy from the Ghoulies, like all the different, it affects everybody else. Everybody in that room affects all the other kids like on personal levels. So I think that, that's, uh, that's going to be probably the basis from which any other stories grow what out of. What I
1: think about with Sodell, I think about Back to the Future too with Biff. I could see it that. makes me think of a Biff Town, like, because there's going to be bikers everywhere and in front of a big old. Well, he wants to
0: turn the town into a prison. Oh, and then Hermione Lodge is going to be mayor now, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. To see how that comes out. But so we have until October 10th to wait for that, oh, and man. this is the beginning of June, so we'll just uh, have to bite our time. That's why. Why do you think I bought Josie and the Pussycats on DVD? I'm like, I need more Riverdale, something. <laughs> they mentioned Riverdale in it, at least, so it counts. I don't know if it takes place in riverdale i don't know i don't think so i think they go to la or something because they're like a small town band that goes makes it big or something so um so yeah maybe i'll maybe i'll write something for the dot about juicing the pussy cats or something i don't know we'll see but in the meantime riverdale has its hooks in us and um i think i think we're you know we're kind of going to see this through for the time being right
1: Unless it goes for 10, 10 oh, seasons. Well,
0: then we'll have to... Maybe, I don't then, I have then that we'll, kind of patience. Then maybe we'll drop off and then come back when there's a couple seasons to catch up on or something. We'll see. But for now, definitely a fun show. Definitely something to check out. And if you have Netflix, you have the entire series at your disposal as of this recording. Be
1: forewarned. You may not... Yeah, set aside,
0: to your, set aside your schedule... Um, and catch up on it sometime before October. So space that out as you wish, but you probably, yeah, you'll probably you probably get sucked into it like we did. So that's all we have for now. If you like what we're doing over here, please consider contributing to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash table. You can also rate and review the Crooked Table podcast on iTunes to help others find the show. You can find me, Robert Gannis Jr., on Twitter at Crooked Table. And Spotify. Oh, I know, but I'm trying not to overwhelm them with things. Okay, fair enough.
1: And you can find me um, on Twitter at The Key LLC.
0: Of course, you can find more podcasts, reviews, videos, and other movie-related goodies over at CrookedTable.com. Until next episode, I've been Rob. And I'm Kai. We'll catch you around the table next week. Roll credits.